Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. That's live. Come on. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. All right. Nice job, fellas. Presented by your local pick and save stores. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan. Don't let one play affect the next one. Just learn from it. And the fans high school insider, big time Mike McGivern. Welcome into the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, and I'm excited about today's show. Very seldom, in fact, never, have I been able to put four Hall of Fame coaches, well, three, one's, one's coming in. Oh, he's walking in right now. I got four retired Hall of Fame coaches in studio with me, and uh, I'm excited about it. At 11 o'clock, we're going to reach out and talk to Pat Cerrone from UW Oshkosh, who said, are you kidding me? I'm coming on that one. And uh, we will reach out to Pat at 11 o'clock. But in studio right now, Dan Brunner, he was uh, head football coach at St. Francis for a while, at Hartford from 1990 to 205. Current, uh, are you the president, executive? What are you? You run the WFCA, uh, don't you? Yeah, executive director. There you go. It's good to see you, Coach. How good you to bet? see you, Mike. Good. You bet. Also sitting uh, at a chair, we've got – I don't think Coach Basham has ever been put on the couch before. He's on the bench right now. He's like, you got to be kidding me. I'm Dick Basham. No, he didn't say any of that. He said, yes, sir, no worries. Uh, but Terry Kelly, who is uh, – we work together on Thursday Night Lights. That's coming up. We're going to talk about that, Coach. Good to see you. Good to see you, Mike. And Jeff Tricky. He is uh, was the head coach at uh, Waukesha South. He's a coach at Cut A. If if you know about Jeff Tricky, you know uh, a lot about uh, what he does and what he brings to to football in this area. You go to Jeff Tricky dot com. You just got done coach with your camps, right? Yes, sir. Yes, we had a wonderful summer. Yeah, did you? Exciting. You're back at it pretty strong, huh? We are. It's uh, it's been an incredible run this summer, and we're back at it 100 miles an hour, and uh, it just was a very thrilling summer for all of us. Good. How many camps did you do? We did 13 camps. Wow. Uh, we did uh, nine quarterback only. We restructured it uh, this year with my partner's uh, Two former quarterbacks of mine, Craig Amit and Ryan Bingenheimer, and we uh, we did went back to quarterbacks only, instruction, technique, and leadership, and then we did three advanced quarterback receiver camps, really focused on kids that have a vision to play in college, and we bring in uh, college receiver coaches, and it's a three day experience. So we had a, well, really a fun look. Fun I talked I talked to you a couple, and I don't know how long ago it was now, but. You said, look, we're, we at one point, we're going to get back to the core of what, what I want and what my vision is, right. and you've done that. And, and congratulations with that. Again, Jeff Tricky, QBCamps.com. Guys, let's start with this. Dan, this time of year, 
Um, and I'm going to ask all you guys this, and we'll talk to Coach Basham about it too. Do, do you still um, get that feeling? You, you know, opening day's coming, and you've got you're not coaching, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you still, this time of year, get that feeling of um, man. I should. I got to get ready for this. Oh yeah, I mean, I I loved the uh, two days, the you know, the preseason, so to speak, before school started. I mean, that's when you really enjoyed it. You know, you had no other uh, obligations in the classroom, et cetera. And I I, I just miss that part of it. And, you know, and then in the season, I miss Friday night. Right, <laughs> Jeff. How about you? Exactly. This is the time when. Uh, you're getting back, and the bonding really is there every day with with the kids, and you're creating we, you know. And every year it's different because you're creating a new we, and uh, and it's it just you see it happen in the two a day structure because, mm-hmm. like I've mentioned to kid, it's not easy, and it's not supposed to be easy, and uh, you see coaches just grinding together and it's yeah you're right it's a great time coach kelly same same with you and i know we've had these conversations a lot um and and you missed the days of smash and bash him you you missed that <laughs> topper and you're like he's laughing at but you you missed that stuff uh, not only you know not only was it fun with the kids uh, you'd come in after the practices and you're sitting around with you know your colleagues and you're saying holy cow this is something else and you know i still find myself you know, keeping track of the dates and say, oh, it's time for, for oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. right. well, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, Dan, I'm going to ask you this. I, this is too early. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. too, and you you agree, and you're, yeah. the, you're the executive director for the WFCA. <laughs> it's, it's too early. Kids, Germantown doesn't open school till September 10th or something because yeah. they have construction. They're going to have three Three games before school even yeah, gets Everybody's going to have three games. Yeah. So they may yeah. have four then. Yeah, they'll yeah, have four. They'll have four, yep. I think they will. Oh. Yeah, it's too early. It's, it's you know, and we've been pushing hard to get it back to the, the way it used to be, start in the middle of August. But that's never going to happen as long as school doesn't start until after September 1. Is it a non – if you say to the WIA, look, we want to talk about having our state tournament after deer hunting starts, it's a non-starter. Non-starter. They will not have yep, that discussion. Won't budge on that. Nope. And so the only thing and, – and we have talked to Wade. He said, look, if they're willing to give up a game – Right. Well, coaches don't want to give up a game no. on the schedule. And so are we losing – are we losing coaches? Are we losing players? A combination of both. Both. Both, yeah, no well, doubt about scary. it. So many late coaches nowadays, you know, and, and and God bless them, they take their vacation to coach in that preseason camp. A lot of them do, but we're losing coaches. You know, it's tough to get a, a young coach with a family to make that commitment, and especially at the freshman level, the lower levels, right? It's tough to get those kids to come in, and, and school's not starting for a month. And you know what? And I've talked to coaches, and they said, look, do I want to allow kids to come late? I, no, but I have no choice. Right. I mean, I have to in order to get our numbers to where they have to be. If a kid want, is taking a family vacation the first week in August, and he shows up August 8th, I'm like, hey, welcome. Here's the, we got to get going. But that's that's what we can do. I know back in the day at Mesper, they said no. No, no, no. You got to be here day one or two days. You're going to be part of all this thing. But we, the McGiverns, we went on vacation the first two weeks in August, and I got back in time 
to do yeah. that. Well, the, the days, you know, I went to Boys Tech. There were 2,800 boys when, when the football started. They, they literally, I mean, there were hundreds of boys coming out. And if you missed a day, you're done. You I were mean, done. Those days are over. Long gone. Who was the head coach yeah. back then? Jim Richardson. Yeah, then, yeah, that didn't surprise me. Legendary. Maybe say Swiddle. Maybe that'll be oh. his his rule over at Tech. He told me that's yeah. that's the way he's doing oh, it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Gee, there might be some forfeits there because man, I, I he he is you know is my co-host on the oh, WFCA yeah. show, and and I couldn't have a better co-host. And during the break um, last week, I said, "How's it going?" He said, "Wow." We haven't started yet, but it's really frustrated. He said, my eyes are being opened uh, on what's going on in the city, and I'm hoping and praying that I can turn this thing around at Tech, but it's going to be a difficult putt. It's going to be a difficult putt. Jeff, your same question for you as far as when it's starting now. It's crazy. It's it's very difficult, uh, Mike. You're, you're, You're forcing kids to make a decision so early, and as coaches, I just a caveat to that, I we just got back from Minnetonka High School. Dave Nelson up there is, is a host of three of our camps. Minnetonka is one of the most incredible facilities you've ever seen at a high school. Everything's turf. They've got two indoor ice arenas, incredible uh, weight room, and they've got everything going on. And Minnesota, I believe Dan might be able to help me here, but they used to have our restrictions that we did in the WIA. Um, as far as the summer. They might add a few more contact days. But a few years back, probably six or seven, eight years back, I I don't know, but they went to, you can, they can practice three days a week for six weeks. They get 18 or 20 practices and they're they're all shoulder pads and helmets. This isn't just running around. And, And Dave, who's one of the most respected high school educators, coaches, anywhere, he says he just despises it. It robs the summer from his kids, Mm -hmm. his coaches. And I mean, he has 22 high school coaches paid on his staff. Wow. 22. And David is just a, such a a incredible uh, uh, gentleman. And, but he says, if we don't do it, Eden Prairie's doing it, and Lizetta mm. and everybody else is so doing it. They have to do it. It's I I just I don't agree with it. Terry, same question. Yeah, well, I think one of the things too, that in terms of kids, you want multi-sport athletes. Mm-hmm. If a kid's a multi-sport athlete, basketball's got its camp, baseball's got its camp. Kids are involved. Not only so you have the vacation schedules, and then one of the things you can't forget: a lot of kids need a summer job. You know, if you're right. one of the That's private, a good point. private yeah. schools, kids are helping to pay tuition, uh, and it just really runs against it. I know one of the things that always used to give us trouble, we'd have a couple kids during state fair. They, they, they were supposed oh, yeah. to be working, you Absolutely. know, for some connection. And so, you know, they've got to look at all the other Midwest states have found a way to adjust their schedule. You know, speaking of, of that, I saw the videotape of you today. Uh, Which videotape? The videotape of you asking alumni to give back to the school and say, <laughs> if, if you don't give back, I'm going to tell stories about about what you were like, and it will end your career. So whoever you are at Marquette High, you better give back so we, so we can continue the excellence that we have here at Marquette, because if you don't, I'm going to tell stories about you. Well, I've dug up a couple stories on you on Mesmer, so we'll keep this for the season. So Dick Basham will be taking over for Terry Kelly on the other side of the break. 
because Bash was way too busy to dig up any stories on <laughs> on me. I can I can tell you that, guys. We're going to get to a, an early break, and we're going to ha- uh, ask Dick Basham to join us and uh, ask him some of the same questions. He was. Uh, Boy, a lot of years at Marquette's, 1972 to 2010. He had two years at Wisconsin Rapids. And uh, if you know this this area, high school football, you know the record that he had. He also was a big part of, of joining WIA and, and WISA together, and, and we'll ask him a little bit about that. And I had a good time working with him on Thursday Night Lights a few years ago. I was a little surprised when I called Terry Kelly and said, uh, Coach Basham around, he's taking a photography class up in Door County. I said, that's... You know what? He is he's a great <laughs> photographer and he's still trying to get better. So we'll talk to Coach Basham on the other side in studio. Uh Dan Brunner and Jeff Tricky, Terry Kelly, and Dick Basham. I reached out to Ron Davies and Ron didn't call me back. Whoa. Oh. This is a perfect venue for Ron. Oh, so yeah. if he's listening, he wants to come in, man. Get in the car and drive over, Ron. He's still gonna be he's still my co-host on Friday nights. Are you guys doing games this year? No. There, no, there. We were talking about it before we came in here. It it's just unbelievable that they pulled the pin. Maybe because the Thursday night lights group is so good. That's what they, <laughs> I think they wanna, said that. You guys yeah. didn't want to compete with us. You know, Brainerd against Wiser. And you don't have a uh, sideline reporter, so I win on that one. You do. Or yeah. no, maybe I lose. No, <laughs> no, you win. Guys, we'll get to a break. Again, Mount Rushmore of of you know what? Hall of Fame high school coaches in this area. Again, Dan Brunner, Jeff Tricky, Terry Kelly, Dick Basham will continue our conversation on the other side. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick and save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. It's high school football time. And uh, I thought we'd start this year with some of the, the, the best high school football coaches in the history of the state of Wisconsin. And we've got them all in studio. We've got a number of them. I know I've missed a few, and I apologize for that. But the guys that I know and have a ton of respect for, Dan Brunner, Jeff Tricky, Terry Kelly, and Dick Basham. And Dick is now, we've, we've moved uh, moved Mr. Tricky off to the couch and Dick Basham. You smile when I say smash and Basham, man. That was my, I guess you guys didn't call yourself that. That was us, right? Us media guys? There was a, um, a button that was made very early in my career at Marquette High that said smash and Basham, but... That's because we you weren't really t- smashing time. We played hard nosed football, but we weren't smashing bashing. You didn't throw the ball a ton, though. I mean, they throw it not a early bit more. in my, my career, but at the end, I we threw the ball uh, willingly. Yeah, you adapted a not little like bit. Not like today, but no, really. Yeah. No, because, you know, Maz, he, he throws it all over the place, man. Uh, he does. He does. <laughs> I saw him uh, a week ago in Sendex, and uh, he looked calm and cool and relaxed. I said, how are you going to be in a couple of weeks? He goes, not the way I am now. Not the way I am now. So he's done a nice job at Marquette High. He's done a really nice job. He does. He has. Uh, <clears throat> their numbers are down a little bit for uh, all the reasons everybody else's numbers are down. But uh, they ha- they have good players, and they, they play a strong schedule, and they get better every year as the season goes on. They've had good runs in the playoffs every mm-hmm. year, that's for sure. 
You know, back when Thursday Night Lights started, um, they called and asked me if I'd do the sideline reporting thing. And after I said, have you seen me? Are you kidding? Really? You want, You can't afford a good-looking girl? They are like, nope. <laughs> so we're getting you. And I said, who, who are you guys thinking? And they had some ideas who, who they, because they didn't know high school football, so they looked at some other guys like a Channel 6 news reporter or something like that. And I said, what about Coach Basham? And they were like, Really? You think, and I go, I don't know. I, I think I had him in studio once. He doesn't know me very well, but I think, like, can I call and ask him? They're like, yeah. And you were like, you know what? I think I might want to do that for a couple of years. Did a great job. And the cool part for us is Terry Kelly came and did stats. And so then when you said, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore, Terry stepped up. He's gotten really good at this. He was good at the start. I don't know. No, he, he wasn't. No, I coached him hey, up. I, he, I know all of his lines. Because <laughs> you gave them all. Yeah, and I know the stories he's going to make up about these guys, too. <laughs> and you know what? And they're good stories because I've heard a few of them. But you know what? So it, it, First of all, it's really good to see you again, Coach, and thanks you know, for you coming You know, it was in. 10 years ago when I was in here for, for that uh, the last time I saw you, Are uh, you on kidding? the radio. It was 10 years ago on that first show. In 2008. You look great. You haven't changed a bit. No. Well, no. I have a good hairstylist. <laughs> Door, Door County, you spend a lot of time up there. It's a good place for you. I do. I, we have a home up there, and I, I did take a photography course this week, and I've, I've burned up a lot of pixels in the last 10 years. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be up uh, at Southern Door High School. Is okay. that near where you're at? Uh, it's, it's south of Sturgeon Bay. It's about uh, 40 minutes from where we are. Okay. Yeah. I, for around the corner. When, you, when are you going to be up there? I'll make sure I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not telling you. Man, you haven't changed a bit. I never knew he was funny before. Oh, a lot of I people. always thought Smash and Basham never said anything funny in his life. A lot of then people he comes don't know. in here and it's like, hold on a second. You're funnier than most of the McGiverns, which is a little surprising to, to me. Hey, Coach, um, let's get back to what we were talking about that first segment. Too early. Um, Free, does it seem like, man, it just, it, it's not right that July 31st these guys are getting together for the first time? Um, I'd say it's ridiculous, my, in my opinion. I, um, it's a long enough season the way it is, but then it started in the middle of the summer. Mm. Right. It doesn't make any sense. And, and I think the big thing for us, at least at Marquette, was we, our kids, a lot of them had jobs and they needed to make some extra money for tuition or, or money to go to college, whatever. You know, and, I, and you're you're cutting into that, that that prime time. What what can be done? And and look, we it's easy for guys like me to go, ah, oh, this is wrong, and you need to you can't do it this way. And unless I have a solution, unless I can say, look, here's the option. What about this? If if not going past deer hunting season, or this has to end before deer hunting starts. Dan, I'll start with you. What, what are the options? We can't go back to playing three games in 10 days. No, no. and the no only way. other option is to cut the playoffs in half, you know, to cut the playoff field down. And we've talked about that. You know, we have racked our brains with our whole membership and also in, in conjunction with the WIAA. And you already alluded to it, Wade. You said, well, play eight games. Right. You know, cut the playoff field down. But that's such a backward step for football. Every other sport adds games. Correct. And and again, when you push it forward, now now you're bumping into basketball and wrestling, and 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 that's a problem too. Coach, your your thought on that? Well, <clears throat> this year Thanksgiving is on November 22nd. That's the earliest it can ever be. That's Correct. The, that's part of the reason. And the school uh, the school associations number the school weeks, and mm-hmm. we have to start at a certain number of weeks in order to get done by deer hunting season so that 
we're caught between a rock and a hard place. There's really not much we can do other than uh, not play uh, nine games in the regular season. I got to ask these guys, and, and, and I'm interested in your answer. Do, do you still feel in, in your gut this time you're like, okay, I got to get going? Do you miss that part of it? Or once you walked away, were you done with it? Um, well, I, when I walked away, I knew I wasn't going to coach anymore. But, um, no, I kind of miss it. Um, not as much as I did maybe five years ago. I've, this is my eight, ninth year out, I think. And um, I, I have dreams, though, during the, that I'm getting ready for a game. And fortunately, I wake up and say, oh, my God, I don't have to do it. I'm, I'm not coaching anymore, you know. But I, I miss Friday. I'm like Dan. I miss Friday nights. That's the, the excitement and calling games and calling plays yeah. and seeing how things all the hard work's going to come out really is uh, the challenge. That dream is it like you know kickoff and you just can't get to the field because that <laughs> happens to me. I got a show to do. That's a little bit and of that. I in can't there. get now. Half the time, I, you know, I got my shirt off and I still can't. You know, one of those, and you, I definitely wake up then. But I can't get to the studio in time for showing. And yeah, that's funny that you used to dream about other things when you were younger. Yeah. Now it's, it's high school, high school football. Um, Terry, your thought on on it, I I like the first idea that he said. If we cut down, because the one you know there's not it's not real competitive sometimes at level one in some of these games. I, and I think that's true. But I, I think by the same token, it does give those kids mm-hmm. something to aim for. You know, you, you say this the deer hunting thing, and deer hunting is very popular and a wonderful activity. But you're only talking about 14 teams right. that might be going. And I don't think it would harm their crowds in any way. I don't know why it's a it's non-starter. A non-starter. Um, it, it is, yeah. And it's it's a shame because it, it has more of a negative impact than any positive. And if you think about the 14 teams, I don't know how many kids from around. I mean, it's not like they're telling you to take the whole, you can't go deer hunting. It's after the state. You, you're going to have to come play at Camp Randall, which is a pretty yeah. good thing. And then you can go but some of these guys up north i've asked them i've talked to coaches and said look they'd say we wouldn't we'd we'd lose six seven eight nine kids right off the jump because that's more important than high school football in some areas of the state it is yeah how are the coaches up in that area with the thought on this i i think a lot of them the majority that we've talked to they'd be all for it for playing after thanksgiving hey um before we get to a break can I ask you, and I'm going to ask uh, the other coaches, and I'm interested to see if Coach Tricky's answer is different than, than yours. What's your feeling on seven-on-seven seven football and where it's going? I I liked seven-on-seven seven tremendously when I was coaching. I still would if I was still coaching, but I, I think we have to keep it in the hands of the high school coaches. It's too late. Yeah. I, it's and too late. That's the problem. We're and we always said, be careful, it's going to turn into AAU basketball. Already has. And, it, and if it has, you know, that that's a detriment to the football. Yeah. How about Coach Basham? You know, a lot going on right now with seven on seven. We never did seven on seven when I was coaching. And um, I don't, so I don't know a lot about it. I, I wouldn't be for it. I can tell you, if, if it's turning into AAU basketball, I certainly wouldn't be for it. It is. I, I believe it is. And there are people out there right now listening shaking their head at me and they're mad at me because I've got guys continually sending me stuff, email, text. Here's here's a guy that says great things about 7 on 7. Here's another guy that says great things about 7 on 7. Well, I could send them as many 
you know, videos of guys saying it's it's getting out of hand. Coach uh, Kelly, same question. I, I, I think one of those things, it's another thing that takes kids away during the mm-hmm. summer. It used to be that you could do a passing league and maybe once a week. But if you're traveling around the country doing all those kinds of things, and the cost, and once again, it's one of those uh, fake bits that some of these groups have put out there. Your son, your daughter will get scholarships oh, yeah. if they go to these travel teams. doesn't necessarily follow, work out that way. Follow the money. Follow the money. Guys, we're going to get to a break. Before we do, from 11 to 1 today, uh, the West Dallas Pick and Save Store, 67th and National uh, we are teaming up. We have Johnsonville Broad Stop from 11 to 1, Sister Station 103.7, KISS FM, and uh, DJGA will be out. We're teaming up with Pick and Save and the Salvation Army. They are, they've are they got prepackaged uh, school supply kits, $6.99. And I know GA, his whole deal today, I think they have 70 in the store. He's going to try to sell these things out. You buy one, buy two, buy three at $6.99 and put them in the Salvation Army bin. And we're going to uh, get them to kids that need school supplies. Last year, the program supplied more than 3,200 children with new school supplies. And we're going to up that. We're going to try to get to 4,000 this year. But go into that store. Go into any of the pick-and-save stores. They have them available. But if you want to go out, Johnsonville Brats for 2 bucks, Italians for 2 100% of the money we, uh, we bring in today is going to walk right back into the store and buy these school supplies, again, for kids in our community that need the help, 11 to 1, 67th and National Avenue. Head on over there, and uh, if you want, man, bring some brats back to the studio. The boys over here will eat them. <laughs> this is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. thought this would be a fun show to do you know some of these guys like me tricky's killing me today i'm just kidding coach oh welcome God, back yeah. to the wendy's varsity blitz high school football coaches show speaking of wendy's guys you each got an envelope with uh some really good things some some food from wendy's and, and they're sponsoring all the coaches that come in this year and i can't thank them enough they've been a, a, a partner with me on the high school sports show since i started this thing and we talked to them uh, Allie Buckner is their rep, and we talked um, uh, with she- uh, Sheila Mickey, who is the regional marketing manager for Bridgman Foods, and said, hey, can we can we get this up this a little bit? The coaches that come in, I'd love to get them some food from Wendy's, and, and they were kind enough to say, you bet. And, uh, boy, you guys, he's got an envelope, and I think there's six or five um, meals from Wendy's that you can go in. And, and uh, what I'm going to ask the coaches when they come in, because they all have staffs that are listening and wives that are listening and families, and I'm going to say, who, who are you taking? And you know what will happen, Dan? These guys will go, don't ask me that. Yeah, exactly. Don't ask me that. And I go, oh, I won't. I won't. By the way, who are you taking? <laughs> you know, i got to do that. And I just want to thank our friends from Wendy's for, for doing this and all the things that you do uh, for high school sports and youth sports. They're really involved in youth sports as well. And it's, it's interesting because – um, if, if you're part of a youth program and you go into Wendy's in your sports uniform, you're going to receive a free small uh, Frosty. You know, and, and I don't know if I do a good enough job of promoting that stuff, but I will from here on out. And, again, I want to thank our friends at Wendy's, and, and you guys all got uh, some meals coming from, 
from those guys. Hey, Jeff, um, we talked about when we didn't have you on the microphone last time, but seven on seven and the stuff that you do with quarterbacks and receivers, right. I would think seven man, seven on seven is perfect for what you're doing, but you were over there shaking your head. It might be going down a, a, a tough path. Well, I, I, I believe there's a teaching element to a, a strong seven-on-seven seven involvement. I don't like the commercialization and the money draw that is now being come, become kind of a, a normalcy. As coaches, if you can teach it within the framework of your practice and where it's a situation where you can actually address needs that kids are going to see on a Friday night or a Saturday but now, with our restrictions, number one, which in Wisconsin, we would have to have a contact day if the coaches were on the field. As an example, uh, Illinois teams will come up and they will stay at one of our local colleges for a contact three-day period and invite one of the high schools to come out and play seven-on-seven. Seven. Well, if the Dan, and you correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but we cannot be on the field during that. Right. Now, we will have an alumni or somebody. These guys are on, their whole staff is there for the whole yep. time. Now, that's a teaching element, but some of the, we call, I believe it, it teaches some make-believe football stuff when you're in seven-on-seven seven and you, you're you taking a snap and you're standing upright and you're, you've got a four-count or a five-count. It usually... I, I don't see the benefit of that, but I what bothers me the most is the commercialization of the seven-on-seven seven into your entry fee and bringing your program and somebody's making money. And if it's, you know, I, I just think that uh, if teachers and educators are, and coaches are involved and in teaching it, it's a positive experience, but... Hey, Dan, like you, you talked about you guys did passing leagues mm -hmm. back. So these have been around for a while. Oh, yeah. I don't know where the tipping point or what all of a sudden these caught fire. And, and, and rather than just being, hey, this is your school team, now they're putting all-star teams yes. again. Yeah. Yeah. Guys from here are getting, you know, one guy from Janesville and another guy from Appleton and another guy from down on the other side of the border coming up. And – they they've got these tryouts and they're it's it it has become, in a in in, in a flash AAU basketball. Yeah, league. when we, and, and with school choice, you know, then then that throws a whole another element into that where, if you have a coach, who's involved with a high school, and he's got this all star team put together, and then then it turns into just kind of a a, a gray area about. You know, recruiting this kid to come to this school and join these kids that he played on this all-star seven-on-seven team with. Look, if if people don't think what happens at a professional level doesn't trickle down to the high school level, look at the kids from Sun Prairie transferring to Nicolet. Kid from Sheboygan South transferring to Nicolet. Mm -hmm. They're putting together this, mm -hmm. you know, this all-star team, and they're look. I would assume that they're they'll come out of the blocks ranked number one in the state because they're absolutely loaded and that's where kevin durant goes to golden state you know now they're talking that at the professional level you got to have three superstars maybe four to even compete well all of a sudden well who who's pulling the strings to have these kids all of a sudden all transfer they're all going to nicolay mm -hmm. i've got my ideas but that's the kind of stuff that's going to happen with seven on seven football yeah i agree 
I, I yeah, that it it does uh, it does make me nervous. Um, great job, WFCA on this on the the football realignment uh, hey, football conference. Doug only. Sarver took the bull by the horns. He's our president, and this was a, a passion of his that he worked on for. It's going to go on getting close to a year now, and he and his committee did a phenomenal job working good with man. the WIA to do this. That's the part he worked yep. with. And we're going to get back. We're going to talk about it um, throughout the show, but I'm really impressed with, with the steps they took to fend off any issues. They did it different than it's been done in the past. Coach Masham, you were part of the WIA, the, the, the WISA and WIA coming together. Um was that a that was a tough putt for you guys? It wasn't you know one conversation. You guys decided to get this done, but you spearheaded that, um, or were part of the group spearheading that. Was that was that a three year process, a two year process, a longer than that? Well, it started back in the early nineties, um, primarily with uh, Paul Nowak and and Gary George, who was a Marquette High grad and was a, a state senator, I believe, right. at that time. They're trying to get an add-on to a financial bill or something to get it done, but that, that didn't go anywhere, obviously. But um, it started to uh, take life when we said that we didn't think that the dub, that WISA was providing the state tournaments for all the all of its membership schools that they deserve to be in, because there there weren't we were the only legitimate Division One school by enrollment. Now we had a lot of Division One quality teams, but. We were the only one by enrollment, but we started approaching it from that standpoint that they weren't, they, they couldn't provide everything that their membership needed, and it resulted in a meeting uh, with uh, the powers to be over at uh, in Lacrosse, and eventually they had a meeting of the membership, and the membership decided that uh, they probably should disband, which they did do in 1996. Who was mad at you during that time? Were the, the people in charge of WISA mad at you? Was there anybody? Everybody. Saying, hey, I, I, you know what? I remember. That's where Smash and Basham came in, I think. Uh, but yeah, everybody was right. We, uh, in fact, Terry, I think, was with me. We we were at uh, at a meeting in Madison with the governor, and uh, we had the heads of both associations there. And if looks could kill, we'd both be dead on a doornail right now. I can tell you that. But we did get everybody in the same room to talk about it, and um, eventually it did happen. But it took a while. You know, and that's the impressive part about what, uh, you know, what they've done now with this football-only conference. And, and Doug Sarver, like you said, spearheaded this. And, and he, he look, there are some people not happy with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's he's standing up saying, I understand that, but this makes a lot of sense. And the way, they, the way he approached it, you can take one wrong step and now everybody on the right side, it, it, you know, WI, it's almost like politics sometimes. You've got to kind of go through that minefield and make sure that you do it correctly. Well, this has been, this is done correctly because almost everybody, there's some schools and some some coaches aren't happy, but almost everybody's like, man, this makes sense to me. And when you, t- when you start it by saying, let's make the playoffs fair for everybody. Let's make every league at least – not where you have five and you have 12. Mm-hmm. Let's try to get to eight. If we can get eight in the league and there's going to be some with seven, but I think that that more than let's make it competitive and if you if you haven't won many games in the last two years, doesn't mean we're going to move you out because you're not no. competitive in the league. It was more about playoffs than anything else. Yeah, and, and the, it's a two-year reevaluation uh, period, and uh, they put the onus on the people that want to be re- realigned. You can't just say 
you know, we want to move because we're not winning. Right. You know, there has to be justification there, whether it's how many free and reduced lunch students we have or all different things uh, that can come into play. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it. and Doug was very proactive with his committee. They They met with people that they identified that might have a concern with things ahead of time. And in in nine times out of ten, after that meeting, the person realized this is the best thing for football in Wisconsin. And it uh, it, it just made so much sense to me, Jeff. Yeah, Mike, I'd like to just piggyback on that a little bit, just because during my travels uh, around the country with the camps and so forth, our WFCA, our coaches football coaches association in Wisconsin, is regarded and is has been heard of from people everywhere. Texas, California, East Coast, when we start talking about their problems they're having, almost invariably it is brought up about, one, they've heard about our clinic, and they mm-hmm. cannot fathom that they get, we get 3,500 coaches in one location, all in an association, that they just, it's mind-boggling. And the second thing is, the validity of the WFCA and the interaction that they have and under Dan's leadership and the great leaders we've had, uh, we are valid and we are respected as an association because of our leadership and our membership. And I just, this is a perfect uh, example of that, the way they took this. This isn't an easy Mm-mm. call, Mm-mm. boy. I uh, wouldn't have wanted to been with... On, under Doug's, he's still probably against the ropes a little bit, but there's far more people that admire what he did because it's and the, the path crazy. he's taken. I, I there there's just far less people that are going to get up and, yep. and yell about it because he got everybody involved. Yes, yeah. and he got everybody's input and said, "This is what we're trying to do," and it's not this. And it's you know all the people talking. Well, it's about you know they want to they want to get Waukesha South and keep them in that. Co- it's not about that. It's about you know playoffs and making sure that. Um, everybody has a fair shot at that. Guys, This uh, we're going to continue our conversation. Uh, Dick Basham, Jeff Cherkey, Dan Brunner, and Terry Kelly. And uh, 11 o'clock, Pat Cerrone, mm. UW Oshkosh. He's uh, texting me right now, chomping at the bit to get on this show. And, boy, he did a nice job. Oh, huh? he's something else. He is something yeah. else. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick story. I had him on four or five years ago. And um, we I think we did one or two segments with him. And as he was talking about how he recruits and with this and that, all of a sudden I'm, I'm like, my mom is calling me and I'm like, well, she listened to the show. I know she's, you know, she knows I'm on the air. And so I cut him loose a little bit early and I went outside cause I thought maybe it was something that's matter. And I said, you're all right. She goes, yeah, I wouldn't play for that guy. I go, what? She goes, I wouldn't play. I said, Mom, he's not trying to recruit an 85-year-old with a bad knee. She goes, well, I have some eligibility left. And I said, I don't care. I said, why? She goes, oh, he's he, he's kind of cocky. I go, he's a college football coach. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't play for that oh, guy. Man. I said, all right, Ma, thanks for listening. Guys, let's get to a break. Let's side of the break. We'll continue our conversation with these Hall of Fame guys. And, again, Mount Rushmore of, of some of the, the best high school football coaches in the history of our state of Wisconsin right in studio today. We're going to ask him about the changes and some of the rules. And, uh, you know, back in the day at Mesmer, I wanted water during a two-a-day. They said, take a salt pill. <laughs> Those days are over, I'm telling you. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by our local pick-and-save stores 
on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local Pick and Save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Dan Brunner's on the couch. We got Jeff Tricky, Terry Kelly, and Dick Basham. Hey, Terry, we got a really good lineup for Thursday Night Lights. Man, start out with uh, Thursday, August 16th, Arrowhead at Marquette. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. A lot of the, you know, only the ninth week isn't determined yet. That's the Woodland Conference Championship. Of the other 16 teams that are appearing, 14 were in the playoffs. Two of them were in the state championship game. Man. Arrowhead against Marquette week one. Uh, again, that's the 16th. Thursday Night Lights on Channel 24. Uh, John Weiser and Terry Kelly up in the booth. And when it's really hot, it's air-conditioned up there. When it's raining, it's dry up there. Only this poor guy down on the sidelines. Sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin this year, you by the changed. way. <laughs> have not changed. I'm still whining. <laughs> week two, Oconomowoc at Brooks Central. Week three, Lake Geneva Badger at Waterford. Slinger at Hartford, which is going to be, that's going to be a good one. Uh, they're all good. University School at Lake Country Lutheran. We had Lake Country Lutheran forced, they forced our hand a little bit. They've been so successful, and their numbers are, are getting big, yeah. which is uh, pretty impressive to me. Um, Nominee Falls at Sussex Hamilton on September 20th. Think about this one. Two, three, four, five. week six, September twentieth. Now he falls sucks Hamilton. It just seems like that week six should be mid October. But right. again, uh, Milwaukee Riverside against King on the twenty seventh. Uh, Bradford in Indian Trail on October fourth, and then the Woodland Conference Championship on October eleventh. That Hart Park week one Arrowhead against Marquette's going to be an awfully fun one to start with. Some. You know, some good players. All these teams, the number of kids who are on watch list, incredible. Yeah, it's going to be good. So tune in to Channel 24 again, August 16th. I think uh, uh, Pearson John's still doing a pregame show. I think it starts at 6.30 and we kick off at 7, if I'm wrong on that. Um, maybe go at 6 o'clock just in case. 6.30, I think it starts, and I, I should probably know that. But all I know is yeah. I go on at 7. Me and you and <laughs> Wiser, that's the important part, right, Terry? Well, they keep the good-looking people on screen. That's why they get me off quickly. <laughs> so. Well, you boy, I don't know what you're looking at because Kara's gone. So it, it's just kind of me, I guess, and we're going to struggle with that. Hey, um, Coach Basham, Terry Kelly was your assistant coach for a long time. And I've been an assistant. I've been a head coach, been an assistant coach. I'm better as an assistant coach than I was as a head coach. And I know what I believe makes a good assistant coach can I ask you what, what your your belief on that is? Well, Terry would be the definition of a, of a good assistant coach, but I think it's somebody who buys into what you're doing, but at the same time is willing to challenge you and, and offer ideas and um, do everything they can to make the situation, the team, whatever you're doing, better. If if they're not if they're not all pulling the rope in the same direction as they say, it's not going to be good and. Um, I can remember my first year as a head coach up in Wisconsin Rapids at Assumption High School. I had a coach who tried to undermine me, and we had a discussion at the end of the season about whether he'd be back next year. But it, it, it was a person who uh, was in line to get that particular job and had didn't right. get it. But I and I so there, I can understand his motivation. But um, that 
first year we were two and seven. The next year we were eight and one. And so it, it's nice when everybody is pulling in the same direction. But you, you need to have, and I had a lot of former players who who bought into what we did, and uh, they loved football. You got to love football, and, you lo- and they love the time it takes to coach football. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, it does. And you have to have a family that allows you to do that. Well, I, I and I say this a lot, and and I know Coach Tricky's going to definitely agree with me that there's a special place in heaven for coaches' wives. Oh boy! Yeah, and sure. you know, we uh, look, we basketball season is a long time, and then it doesn't end. You know, March tournament comes up, and then all of a sudden there's spring tournaments, and there's fall tournaments, and there's all oh, there's this league and that league, and you know, there's so much going on during that off what used to be the off season. Um, I agree with you 100%, and I'm really happy with what you said because my belief is loyalty is is really, really important, and the definition of team is two or more horses pulling in a similar direction for a common goal. I mean, that's the definition. And when we close the door in the coach's room, we can go at it. Mm-hmm. But once that door opens, Coach Wallersheim is in charge of the program that I'm his assistant coach, and he it's his way or the highway. But we can argue all day long. In that co- in the in the coach's room and and uh, I'm glad that you said Terry's the definition of it. One thing I'd add, I think any assistant coach has success. It's because of the head coach. Not only does that person command your respect because of knowledge and how the program is run, but how he interacts. And you know, we know what Dick's got is his career and all these gentlemen. You know, yeah, uh, like I said, look look around, man. Nothing but really successful. Um, coaches, uh, football coaches in this room. Guys, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk to an ex-high school coach here in the state, Pat Cerrone. He is uh, now the head coach at UW Oshkosh, and he is, man, that is the program right now that people are talking about throughout the country in the best Division three college football program anywhere in the country. We'll talk to, to him on the other side. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local Pick and Save stores, on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's time to hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. That's love. Come on. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. All right, nice job, fellas. Presented by your local pick-and-save stores. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan. Don't let one play affect the next one. Just learn from it. And the fan's high school insider, big-time Mike McGivern. Thanks for joining us, Mike McGivern, flying solo this week. Uh, Ryan McMillan will be back. He'll be in studio next week, I believe. Athletic director at Muskego got his hands full over there. They got man numbers uh, all over the place, and he's doing a really good job. Their uh, their stadium looks great. I think their team's going to be awfully good this year, and uh, I look forward to having Ryan back in studio. But it is uh, like I said, the uh, kind of the Mount Rushmore of. of High school football coaches uh, that have really their footprint on the state of Wisconsin with high school football is is really wide, and they've done a good job. Dan Brunner in studio with me, Jeff Tricky, Terry Kelly, Dick Basham. Got Dick uh, onto the couch, but on the microphones with me right now again, Terry Kelly, Jeff Tricky, Dan Brunner. We're now joined by the head football coach at UW Oshkosh, and he was one of you guys for a while. Oh, he yeah. was one of those <laughs> high school guys. Now he's. You know, he's driving around big car and probably making – no, he's not. Yeah, does return calls, yeah. He does return calls quickly because <laughs> he's a good guy, man. He is Pat Cerrone, UW Oshkosh. Hey, Coach, thanks a lot for a couple minutes of your time. How you been? I've been great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Doing? Hey, they're really good. And and this is, like, so fun, this show, is we talk to these guys 
who, like I said, have really made an impact on the state of Wisconsin when it comes to high school football. And, and Coach, we're really proud of the job that, you, that you're doing at UW Oshkosh. When you talk to any coaches from around the country, they talk about this conference that you're in is the best Division three college football conference in the in the country, and UW Oshkosh is a team that that people are talking a lot about, and you've done a good job of of, of taking that program and uh, making it one that people around the country talk about. Yeah, it's been a great run so far, and um, those four guys that are sitting in the room, I just want to thank them personally. They've meant a lot to me in my career, and uh, you put uh, Taraska in the room, and you put Bill Young, and uh, Jim Jeskowitz and that would be it. So those are the those are the main guys that have changed my life basically. So thank you, gentlemen. Man, we appreciate that because guys, I got to tell you, when I called Coach Cerrone, he was at a, he's at a clinic and he said, "Well, I you know." And then I told him who was coming in, and he goes, "No, I'm in." Yeah, what time? <laughs> what time do you want me? What time? How long do I have? And and I just love the fact that you know he's willing to come on the air and say thank you to you guys. For uh, for basically helping him and mold him into the coach that that he is, hey coach, real quick before we get to this year's team, I, I was looking at your schedule. Am I reading it right that you have just three home games this year? That is correct. It's so, tough to find games. It's getting tougher and tougher by the minute. Uh, so we're just playing on the road. Boy, they. Uh, st- the choice you have is to go to nine games and maybe get a home game and sell the farm to get one, but. Uh, you know, you, you recruit these kids, and, you know, you, last year we only had nine. This year we got ten, but it had to be on the road, and you just want them to play. You want them to play ten games regardless, and, uh, you know, for the players, we're going to sacrifice everything, and they know where we're at as far as a program that they gotta <laughs> they got to do different things sometimes. So, Hey, coaches here, you know, because you've all been in studio with me, you know my feeling on giving our kids from the state of Wisconsin a chance to play at the next level, whether it's football or basketball or baseball. And when you look at the roster for UW Oshkosh, it's 97 98% Wisconsin kids staying home, getting a chance to play again for one of the top teams in the top conferences in the country. And Coach Cerrone and his staff have done a great job of selling UW Oshkosh to, to not only kids but families all over the state of Wisconsin and giving these kids that want to play at the next level a chance to play. I know, Coach, when you took over at Oshkosh, I think it was 12 years ago now, that was part of, of what you said, I we have to get kids from the state of Wisconsin to stay home. There's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, we've, we've built our program. We've got a great strength coach, Steve Brown. Uh, he's a Milwaukee product, uh, Tosa East. And uh, he, you know, we're just all in the same. <laughs> we we knew that Oshkosh was a sleeping giant up here in the valley, and uh, we just had to try to be the best people we can, surround ourselves with good good guys, and uh, it's all worked out. You know, we got a long way to go, but uh, everything's been great. The university sells itself. It's real easy to get a kid up here and see it, and uh, you know, when you got good people. You got good strength coach. You got good administration. Everything works out. Hey Dan, last week was the uh, the All Star game mm-hmm. at UW Oshkosh, and look, I've talked with with Coach Swiddle and Sarver and you enough to know how much Coach Cerrone and his staff do for that All Star game. 
and and it, yeah. it, it it's so much more than a football game. I mean, it, you know, you raise so much money for children's hospital. It's a chance for these guys who have competed against each other for four years now to become friends. It there's so much more than what's than that game. But him and his staff oh. and that university do a great job for you. You know, Pat, Pat Cerrone, you know, and I can't say enough about Pat and his staff. They're they're just the cream of the crop when it comes to coaching staffs in the state of Wisconsin. They they just do everything the right way and for the right reasons. And we could not run this game or those games anywhere in the state other than Oshkosh. And, and believe me, we, we are asked constantly by other programs, you know, why can't we host the games? Why can't, you know, you house the teams here? Nobody can do what Pat and his staff do. They're they're selfless. They really are. Yeah, that's Pat Pat, do you think that because of your background and 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 you know, you coached at the high school level and and now you know, at the college level, do you, do you think because of your path to get to where you're at it 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 kind of opens your eyes and your your heart a little bit to some of the things that some of the high school coaches are going through now. I still think I'm a high school coach, so you know, <laughs> be, being a trust me at the Mount Union game last year, I felt like a high school coach. So you know, I mean, it's, it is what it is. I mean, you, you're a teacher, and then uh, you know. You, that that's the biggest thing is being a high school teacher taught me a lot about people and being a high school coach taught me a lot about doing the little things. And, you know, as these guys can attest, I have a, I have a wonderful staff. These guys have been with me the entire way. And this, this is what's making this thing really click is the people I have around me and uh, they are selfless and our players are selfless and our coaches are. And, you know, again, I can't thank these guys enough. You know, I probably cuss a little bit more than Jeff Tricky. <laughs> well, he's the one who said you better have your you no. Know, did you who said that? You Not better me. have your finger on the dump button Not with me. Cerrone coming on. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, I, I learned from you guys, and it was it's. You know, I hope you're proud. You know, I try to I try to represent. Other than the language, I think I do a pretty good job of taking care of kids and uh, doing it for the right reasons and. You know, I just want to thank you guys. We were talking uh, the head football coach at UW Oshkosh, and uh, again, he is uh, he is a good one. He is Pat Cerrone. Uh, Jeff, I just have to mention Pat uh, uh, a little bit about Pat. When I first met Pat, he had such an internal belly fire to get better and to find out anything he could about teaching and and caring about kids, and he was a young, young coach. And I don't know if you remember, Pat, but he came to me. I was at Waukesha South, and Pat asked if if he could just be part of it and watch practice and help in any way, and he just wanted to see uh, a bigger school or something and, and how it – I said, Pat, we'd love to have you. And Pat did not miss a day. He was there to help every – unconditionally – help kids at any level, and lo and behold, we got into the playoffs, and then we started doing well in the playoffs, and we had a kind of an undersized group, but I had great coaches and good players that were even better than any of us who made us look good. So 
all of a sudden we're playing in the semifinals. And and my, that was a, a game we played against Racine Park and uh, Phil Dobbs and Brent Moss way back in the day. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, unbelievably, we win in overtime and we go to Madison. But Pat was with us every step of the way and just a positive Je- yeah, Jeff, did, does it so you are not surprised at all of the success no. that oh. Pat Cerrone has? No, Pat had a had a belly fire that uh, was sincere, and he loved kids, and he he's a teacher, which we all are, and I think we're sometimes we're always, you know, Coach Basham and Brunswick here. Uh, I call him Brunswick. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, we're known as maybe football coaches. Yeah, and and really we are you know sons and husbands and dads and teachers first and and that's what uh, Pat certainly was that and I I couldn't be more proud of you Pat. Uh, proud to thank you have you with us. Man, that's just awesome. So, just so you know, I remember every every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey Pat, real quick, what uh, how you feeling and and again this time of year I think as coaches you're either feeling like uh, you're going to win everything or you're not going to win a game. There's very few coaches that are going to say we'll be 500 this year, but how you feeling about this year's team? Well, you know, we're a week away, so right now as these guys know, the nerves are are uh, coming, but I and they know this because they've all run great programs. Once we get in the room on August 10th and all our players come back and you look around the room, that's, that's when you just get excited and the confidence just comes back. And, you know, you always, I'm, I'm a doomsday. I'm not a, I'm not a positive guy. There's a lot of positive guys out there, but I'm always thinking negatively. It's probably the, the big thing for me that I got to work on. I got to be a little more positive, but, uh, we're going to be we're going to have a good team. I'm not saying we're going to win the conference. You can never say that. I I never thought a year ago we would go undefeated after going to the, the national championship game. We just graduated so many defensive players, and as these guys know, you, you need a defense mm-hmm. when you when you graduate 15 out of 27 guys that travel to that national championship game on defense. You know that that's a big hole to fill, and uh, to go undefeated last year was absolutely incredible. To, for uh, an accomplishment for us. Uh, and honestly, we probably had the best offense in the country, and we, you know they proved it. They scored 40, but we just uh, we lost that game, and we just lost an opportunity. And as you guys know, it's you know you don't get many of those opportunities. What I'm learning is that these big big games, it's just different. It's a different way of coaching, and I think now we've, we've been, we lost the national championship, we lost the national semis twice. I mean, uh, I just hope I just hope we're learning something from it and get better. Because if we get back there again, you know, it's it's just you you feel terrible. Because I'll take full responsibility for everything, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we can crack through this thing in the next three years. Hey, if you know, there's an event uh, up in Oshkosh on September 22nd, and it's called uh, the Celebration of Champions concert, and uh, it's a week off for for their football team. They play uh, the first against Car- at Carthage at Davenport at Lincoln, and then not till the 29th against UW-River Falls. And they're going to have an event. It's it's kind of a fundraiser for your Oshkosh Athletic Department. There's a band coming up, Exit 147, and uh, there's a player uh, whose dad is part of that. And I listened to some of their music today, actually, Coach, and, and that's a really good band. Um, they're going to raise some money against Celebration of Champions. 
Um, there's only 300 tickets that can be sold, um, and it's 30 bucks a piece. It gets you a drink, and you get a chance to hang out with some of these coaches and and uh, and just kind of celebrate some of the things going on at UW Oshkosh. So go online and, and purchase the tickets if you want to go up there and hang out with these guys. Again, it's uh, September 22nd at 7 o'clock at the uh, Fox River Brewing Company in Oshkosh. And uh, it's certainly going to be a good night. They'll raise some money for the athletic department at UW Oshkosh. Hey, uh, Coach, thanks a lot for a couple minutes of your time. I really appreciate it a lot. Good luck this year, and we'll be keeping an eye on how you guys are doing. Thank you. And Coach Basham, I hope you're doing good. He's on uh, Coach the Kelly. Yep. I, I saw you this summer, so I'm, I'm good. Coach Tricky, thank you. And uh, Danny, talk to you later, buddy. You're the best, Pat. You're the best. He is pa- Pat Cerrone, <laughs> head football coach at UW Oshkosh. We'll get uh, to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Dan Brunner, Jeff Tricky, Terry Kelly, and Dick Basham. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by our local pick and save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. We, uh, Dick Basham's on the couch, but he'll be back next segment. We've got uh, Terry Kelly, Dan Brunner, and Jeff Tricky. My phone's been blowing up, guys, with people saying, man, I love this show. You should do it more often. Um, Coach Tricky, Austin Della says hello. Yes, Austin Della, yeah, one of our I'm, former quarterbacks at Waukesha West. Big fan of uh, his family. In fact, uh, young man. Yeah, yeah Gina Della uh, from Pella Windows yes. and Doors, Wonderful Wisconsin. Family. Yep. Going to be at. Uh, they're doing some work for for me, and they're they're a client of mine. And actually, going to the Brewer game with Gina and Chris tonight. My wife and I, and oh, and uh, Say hello. I, yeah, I will. I just uh, I love those guys, and and Austin's like Coach Tricky, one of my favorite people of all time. So, uh, yeah, Austin's a great young man. He is. There's no doubt. Hey, guys, let's uh, want to talk a little memory stuff if I can. And, Dan, I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to go right along the the table. When when you look back at your days coaching at Hartford, and I just want to stick with with Hartford because you you took a program to a really good level. That Hartford, the, the respect that people have and had when you were in charge of that Hartford program, I was off the charts. When you look back at your days coaching at Hartford, what are some of you know one or two of the top memories that you have from those days? You know, number one would just be the the relationships with the kids that I that I coached. Uh, one thing, and it brought it to mind this past summer. My my wife and I both went for our annual eye exam. Okay, and the girl in the office there where we have our eye exam, she would. Her brother was a great player. His name is Matt Barron. Great player for me at Hartford. Went on to be an All-American tight end at Whitewater. And she would always kind of fill me in. He had moved to North Carolina, and she would fill me in on on what's going on. Well, as luck would have it, she said, you know, uh, would you do me? Would you be offended? Uh, Matt is in town. And I told him when your appointment is, and he's coming over here. <laughs> would awesome. Would you mind uh, after your appointment, you know, just saying I was floored. It was like, I, what do you mean? Would I mind? It, those are the things you live for, right? And to go out there and, and see a player that you had coached, you know, fifteen years ago, and 
he's now a man with you know two kids and 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 to go out there and and he wanted to get a picture taken and and we just reminisced for those five minutes that was priceless yeah priceless so it's the relationships i don't remember i i never cared about scores wins and losses it was always the journey of the season and and every year as these other coaches will you know it's a new journey with a new group and and it's just you just want to you wish as a young coach you knew that. Oh, that's a great point. I, you know, you just wish that you understood that as a young coach. And it took a number of years, but I just cherish those journeys year after year with that new group. And the coaches, you know, most people don't know these names, Doran Timmer and Jeff Douse and John Ratter, the guys that I coached with, That that's those are the priceless memories that I have. Of, yeah. of my time at Hartford. Coach Tricky, same question. I, I'm going to stick, if we can, with Waukesha South. And you talked about, you know, getting up to the state tournament. But but I got to believe that the, the memories that, that that you cherish the most are similar to, to Coach Brunner. Absolutely. When you, when you reflect on the run that we've all been blessed to have, uh, uh, I, I really believe without – the kids are the rewards. And the rewards that you receive as a teacher – are the kids, but the the dear, dear bonding that you have with your coaches and the run. Uh, Billy Quinn is my mm-hmm. closest, dearest friend, and uh, he's one of the brightest men I've ever met and always will be, and one of the most caring individuals. And, you know, the run that we had with our group at Waukesha South and and Heine and Vitali and all the guys that uh, those are good names, Matt. <laughs> were all with us and and it, but the children that you have a chance to help in their life lessons and like Danny said is those are the rewards we all get. Terry Kelly, same same question for you. I you know I think sometimes uh, teachers we got uh, very conscious that we weren't making necessarily tons of money <laughs> doing what we did. Really? But then you, <laughs> but then. You know, you got paid back in a different way, and you, sometimes you found out you had impact on kids, and you hadn't realized what you had said and what you had done made such a difference. And I think you get that kind of, you know, adulation that sometimes you're not going to people don't know anything about. That really is the reward. That that is the thing that makes you glad. You know, it's same with classroom teaching as sure. well. And as I think Dan pointed out, you are a teacher. You're not just a coach. Hey, with you and Coach Basham, who's the good cop and who's the bad cop in that group? <laughs> well, no, Dick always had the you know the kids respect. Uh, you know, if anything, I, I I was there to try to provide some levity at times. <laughs> you know, there, there's two stories I tell about Dick, and and one they're both classic. One was he promised the kids if we got into the playoffs, because at the time not everybody got into the playoffs, mm-hmm. they could have horns on their helmets, something Marquette's kind of famous for. And it was against Catholic Memorial, I think, in the playoffs. We, we stunk up the place first half. Dick walked into the locker room, looked around, and said, I guess they didn't see the horns. <laughs> walked out. The kids, the kids were incensed. And they came back, and they played an unbelievable you know, second half. And I, I think the other thing I always remember, and this is important, you have some great wins, but sometimes you have some losses that really stink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I always remember... And this is a credit to Dick, you know, math teacher, but he knew how to use words. 
putting things in perspective for the kids to understand where this whole thing fits into your life's journey. And I, I think those are some of the things you remember and you come to appreciate. And as the guys have said, it's not the wins and losses. It's the relationships. Hey, guys, I, I asked a guy who played for uh, for Coach Swiddle on the JV team at Dominican. Think about the mm-hmm. JV team at Dominican. And I said, what was it like? He goes, wait till I tell you the story. He said, we were, um, I think they were four and four or something, and no JV team at Dominican had a winning record ever. And they're playing Milwaukee Lutheran, and they're down by a touchdown at halftime. And he said, it wasn't like Coach Swiddle took us away from the parents. We're playing at Lincoln Park. The parents are right there. And he said, Coach Swiddle came over and he said, are you kidding me? You're losing to a bunch of Lutherans? You better go out there. He said, I have to tell you, he had great messages and all that. He said, I still, and, and this guy's, you know, not that much younger than I am. He said, I still think of that. And he goes, I was in the back. I didn't play a lot. He said, I had, to, I had to put my helmet on and turn because I couldn't stop laughing. And the parents were all there. And he goes, I will not lose to a bunch of Lutherans. And I just laughed. Cause, and they went out and got the win, by the way. I got one, one quick story that, that did, I was going to share. And, and this had to do back at St. Francis, Mike. I was uh, back in those days when the JV team would go play, we'd have practice. And then I would go out to the JV watched the JV game wherever it was, and St. Francis. We happened to be playing Slinger in a JV game on a Thursday night, and I went out there to watch the game. And Doug Sarver was my assistant, and he and he's running the JV team at the time. So I park in the parking lot, and it's it's kind of dark, getting a little dark. And I go out there just to show you the respect and the impact I felt I had on my players. I had a safety. His name was Scott Mundy. I'll never forget this. He's he's back at safety, and the game is still going on. So he goes and he's yelling, "Coach, coach!" And I'm I'm going to yell back, "Pay attention, you know, to what you're <laughs> right, doing." Right. He goes, "Coach, coach, your lights are on." <laughs> As he's saying that, the receiver is running by him and catches a pass for a touchdown. <laughs> I. How can you get mad at the kid? Yeah, yeah. Right. You can't. That, that is awesome. Guys, we're going to get to a break. Coach Basham will join us. Uh, I, we're going to ask him for a couple stories like that because that, that is awesome. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaching Show presented by our local Pick and Save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. Man, this is fun. I'm telling you, I could do this for another two hours. Dan Brunner, Jeff Tricky, Terry Kelly, Dick Basham. Got uh, Coach Basham uh, on mic and, and uh, Coach Tricky to the couch. To the couch. Hey, Coach Basham, we were talking a little bit about some stories and memories. When you when you think back of, of your days at, at Milwaukee Marquette, um, what, what are the fondest memories that you have? Well, <clears throat> I heard your last segment. Obviously, I, I would say it's similar to what uh, Dan and Jeff and Terry all said. It's, uh, I think that the relationship with the kids and um, their parents at Marquette High School, you get very involved with their parents because you have the kids in class, and when there's uh, teachers coming to talk to the teachers about grades, the parents come. They don't right. have to stay away, so you get to know them on that level as well. 
But um, you know, last last February we had a Hall of Fame induction at Marquette High School, and the first football team to ever go in the Hall of Fame was the 1985 team, and <clears throat> we had a great uh, turnout. And we had a guy who came all the way from Japan. Wow. To, Oh. To be be at that induction, and uh, he's one of the big characters on that <laughs> in that team, Dan Arkellian. And and if there's anybody listening, that smile just came to their face because <laughs> Ark, as we called him, was our center, and uh, he was a junior on the senior laden team. Who but, was the quarterback uh, on that team? Um, Dan Devine. Okay, and um, and you had some you had some good football players over the years on on we, that. We did have good players. There's no doubt about it. And um, but. The, the the relationships have had and what what I like to see is the successes that they've had what they've done with their lives after they left high school, and those stories go are go on and on and I still have a lot of guys especially from that team there's about five or six guys from that team that I still t- stay in touch, um, a couple of them John Sterner on that team became a coach and <laughs> uh, uh, coached at Muskego yep. and in the area, um, but I on my staff I had uh, one time uh, we had. We had a lot of players. Uh, my last year, we had 240 kids off of football. And we, on the staff, with freshmen and sophomore varsity, I think we had 21 coaches. And if I'm not mistaken, I think 15 of them were former players. Wow. So it's those bonds that – and several of them, when I retired, still are coaching with Mads. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they were there because of me. They were there because of the school and, they, and their belief in football and stuff like that. What you learn – Football's a great game. What do you learn on the football field? You can't learn in a lot of other places, I can tell you right now. Well, it's interesting because when Joe Cook was here as my as my co-host, and, and look, we'd go back and forth, lessons learned in basketball compared to lessons learned in football. My favorite was when you guys started having seating meetings. Mm-hmm. Before you did, he said, look, you got to understand, you basketball boys are all political. None of that stuff is going to creep into – and after the first year, he called. He goes, "Oh my goodness, it's, we're way worse than you guys." But you know, he talked about the reason. I learned a lot from him, and he said one of the reasons I tr- try to two platoon all the time is now I've got forty four kids fully engaged. He said, and I drill that you're one play away from playing. So I got eleven here and eleven there, and then their backups. And if I start the season with forty four kids fully invested in what we're doing. Man, I win because it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. And he, he look, there's a lot of life lessons to be learned in any sport, but I think more in the game of football as far as trust and character and toughness and commitment than any other sport. Well, I, th- I think a lot of people, the average fan, doesn't under they see football as a bunch of guys knocking each other down, but the every play is choreographed in football. Every even the first step of every player on the field, whether it's defense or offense, that first or, or several steps are choreographed. So everybody's got to be going in the right direction, seeing the same thing, doing the right thing at the right time. It's not just a bunch of mayhem. And the average fan doesn't understand that, I don't think. And the more they watch it, maybe they get it. But it, it football is a tremendously choreographed game. Hey guys, can we talk a little bit about some of the changes from from when you guys were were coaching? Um, you know, certainly the, the, the how we practice, the, 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 all the concussion um, protocol and who's making the decision when a kid gets to play again or not play again, um, how much we can hit at practice. The reason that WFCA show is happening is you and, and Swiddle came in and said, we believe that football has never been safer, mm-hmm. and here's why. It's a, it's, it's a violent collision sport, so are there going to be injuries? You bet. But we believe with what we're doing, not only at WFC, but throughout the country, 
that that playing tackle football has never been safer. And I don't know if if everybody understands that, Dan, or believes that. Yeah, and I it's it's a constant battle to get that message out. The and it's a again, it's a trickle down from the NFL, the the way they tackle now, the way they practice now, that's trickled down to the colleges and down to high school and hopefully the the sad thing is uh the area that we we really want to focus on from the wfca standpoint is youth football right because that's the one area where you have so much change and turnover in coaches every year that we need to get a standardized way of doing things at the youth level whether it's limiting the size of the field starting it in later grades eliminating any kind, you know, get the head completely out of the game, going to the hawk tackling technique and rugby-style tackling. So that's one thing that it has changed. And, and in high school, you basically are, have gone to the NFL type of – there's hardly any contact during the right. week. We had the guy from Oregon on that you've uh, reached out to on, on the WFCA show. And he had Great some, guy, Rob Younger, yeah. And he had some really interesting concepts that I think – you know, probably discussions here in the state of Wisconsin with some of the stuff that, that he's thinking about and what they're doing in Oregon. Coach Basham, the difference between when you stopped coaching and when you started, again, those the, the, the days of, the, you know, two days for four hours each practice, no water, take salt pills, and let's do the nutcracker as much as possible, has completely changed. And it, it changed throughout the years that you were coaching as well, and it's changed even more since – since you stepped down and retired, but I think we're going in the right direction, and I think we were going in the right direction near the end of your tenure at, at Marquette. Well, we we never had two a days at Marquette High because we had kids that came from so far to come to practice. We always had three hour practices with with rest periods. The only time we had two practices was was on this particular Saturday. This was screen and draw Saturday. <laughs> Look at Kelly yeah. laughing over there. In the in the afternoon, we practiced for about an hour and a half on, on kicking game and then worked on the screen and the draw. In the morning that day, we had a scrimmage. You never had goalposts. How would you do in practice <laughs> kicking? That's why our kickers were so good. They had, to, they had to visualize. They had to visualize what they were doing. They have goalposts now. I drove by. <laughs> they do have goalposts. Yeah, they got nice turf over there now. What oh, happened really? after you? I didn't you know that. Yeah, that, that grass field that you used to practice in November or October, yeah, that's gone, pal. But, but uh, we, we, did, we did very little t- live tackling other than in drills, and uh, we, we used the uh, the the uh, pole vault pit or a cushion and stuff mm-hmm. like that and, and uh, tackling sled. But we always went thud, as you call it. Uh, no, Don't put them on the ground. Wrap them up. We always practiced with two teams. We had always had two offenses and two defenses rotating plays because you're one play away from being in there. So we need, everybody Smart. needed to know yep. what was going on. Yeah. Terry, um, you know, you, you're around it now because you're at practices through for Thursday Night Lights. Yeah, you know, you and John go to at least one or two practices um, a week and, and watch some of this. There, there a lot of changes in in what, not only what what coaches are doing, but what they can do. Well, I, I think everything is it's more highly organized now. Mm-hmm. You think back the times when coaches used to say one more play, and then twenty five plays later, you use segment clocks. Uh, kids with huddle with film, they've watched the the, the top plays the other team runs. Uh, f- practices are filmed. You break it down and show kids rather than tell. You show kids what they've done incorrectly and how they need to improve it. 
And I think it's become much more technical. It's like track. You know, American track has really improved because we learned so much from the Soviets and what they did. Well, football has become even more precise. Mm-hmm. Video, you look at a college program, the video coordinators, they'll have three or four of them. Everything is down. You studied it. Well, on the sidelines for Thursday Night Lights, you know what? They, 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 the offense comes off, and the coach has a big screen TV, and he says, you missed that, that block. And the tackle goes, no, I didn't. He, and they go, it's right here. I mean, you can't – there's no – look, they they show you the play on the sidelines before you go back in and say, look, you got to turn inside. Well, how would you miss that inside linebacker? Well, he didn't come in my gap, coach. And they rewind it and say, what do you mean he didn't? It's right there. And so there's no hiding it's from any of this. Feed, immediate feedback. Yeah, yep. the, the difference of, of, of it uh, compared to when – they would roll the tape, and you know you could figure out what your answers were going to be because they're going to show it to you on Monday, and it'd be like, no, it was this guy next to me's fault, and they could never tell because the tape was so grainy. Hey, Terry, we're going to put you on on the couch and and you can bring Coach Tricky on. Oh, hold on, if you can, on uh, August sixteenth, you and I will be uh, at Hart Park, Channel Twenty Four, Arrowhead against Marquette. I, I think it's got a chance to be. Last year's season was incredible. We had every game was good. I think we got a chance to do the same thing. Those guys, you know, uh, John and, and Paul Fix and Paul Rudolph did a, do a great job of picking games and, and getting us involved. They keep they keep uh, asking you and I to get over there. So I guess we're doing something right. Well, we hope, but uh, it's a marvelous group. Uh, it is. You know, John Weiser is a play by play guy, is, is par excellence. He, he's incredible. Yeah, he. I, well, it's fun to work with you guys. And, uh, again, look forward to seeing you August 16th. I really appreciate your willingness to come in, and I'm a big fan of yours. So um, it's always good to spend time with you. Thank you. You, you bet. Uh, other side of the break, we'll wrap this up. Again, Dan Brunner, Jeff Tricky, Terry Kelly, Dick Bash, and some of the greatest high school football coaches in the history of our state of Wisconsin in studio with me. This has been an easy show, man, when you talk to these guys about football. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. I'm Mike McGiver alongside Dan Brunner and Jeff Tricky, Dick Basham, Terry Kelly on the couch. Guys, as we're sitting here telling stories and laughing during the break, I, for some reason, Phil Datka popped in my oh, head. Man. And how, how fun, yeah. he, oh. how much fun he would be <laughs> in here. And um, we, the last time that I saw Phil, we, he was uh, coaching out of Germantown and assistant. He was in his golf cart, and there was a playoff game. And I took my wife to a Mexican restaurant in Germantown and said, hey, let's go on a date. She didn't know we we're going to the playoff game. And I go, hey, look, let's stop over here. And she's like, that's not funny. And he pulls up and he looks at my wife. He goes, you got to be kidding. You got a good looking wife. I go, yeah. <laughs> she goes, this is our date night. He goes, honey, get in the car. You got to get away from this guy. I mean, just like tore me up. And he would have, he would, I loved him, man. Oh, I loved I talking to him. He, and I, I think he would have had a ball in the studio with us here today. No boys. doubt. I mean, no uh, doubt. Um, Phil and I got to coach with the Green Bay Packers, and back in 2004, we were, uh, Mike Sherman was having a couple mm-hmm. of coaches come in and work with the preseason. So Phil and I got to go. We were like a couple of Boy Scouts going to camp for the first time, <laughs> and uh, we spent ten days 
with the Packers up through the family night scrimmage. And uh, he worked with the line, and I worked with the linebackers. And we went to all the meetings of all the coaching staff, everything. And they said, if you see anything, you point it out, you tell us. And, what, and they asked us what we thought. It was unbelievable. But Phil and I got to know each other pretty well, and he, he was a great guy. We had, we had more fun than you can imagine. Yeah. I, I have an incredible one. Phil and I went to graduate school at UWM, kind of took classes, and we were together, and we'd talk football the whole time. And one, t- one time we're playing in the quarterfinals of the state. Germantown is playing us at Waukesha West. It's a Saturday afternoon, like a 4 o'clock kickoff. We get on the field. It's 3 o'clock. Specialists are going out. There's no Germantown. And he's meticulous. They're always there. Now it's 3.15, there's no Germantown. 3.20, there's no bus, <laughs> no Germantown. And people, it's jammed. You can't even get a seat. About 3.25, <laughs> three buses come in. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm laughing. And here's <laughs> Phil comes walking on the field, and I'm right there, and I said, Coach, how are you? He said, Jesus, criminy, Coach. I said, this isn't like you. And he said, look, I'm the lead bus. And I'm in the, fir- I'm in the first uh, row. And he said, it's a beautiful day. I swear I fell asleep. <laughs> he said, I fell asleep in the bus driver. I was kind of leading the bus. And we went south on 94. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And we, we didn't turn out on west toward oh, Waukesha. And oh. we went south. And I, was, I had dozed off. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the players were focused, and everybody's focused. Coaches were in other buses. He said, I fell asleep. That's oh, awesome. man. Oh, That's God. awesome. You know, he, um, he he would have so much fun telling stories. He'd be more fun during the break than he would on the air because he never wanted you know, I'm not going to offend anybody. I'm not going to. But then during the break, he'd be like, can you believe that guy, what he said, blah, blah. And he used to stir the pot a little bit. And he would say, okay, you know, this guy said he didn't like your show much, McGiver. And yeah. I'd be like, who said that? You know, that that kind of stuff. He was my brother's coach at Francis Jordan. Oh, my goodness. That's, yeah, that's yeah. how long. And my brother, Tim, who's 65, is still, he's like, look. I'm still afraid of the guy. I know he's gone, oh. but he still scares me. But he, and you know, Phil Datka, it, and Phil and I, we shared the same dentist in Germantown. <laughs> so, in, in fact, it was Doctor Albiro who his son Willie was an all-state player. He was, he was he was Willie Albiro was an all-state player for Phil and Phil and I, uh, toward the end of our my career and and his as a head coach. We we started to play each other, Hartford versus Germantown, and I think it was after three three games and maybe one four, we just we quit doing that. We were it, it just hurt so bad to have one beat the other, and and it just it, he's one of the nicest human beings you you'll ever you would have ever had met, and he was a guy who whenever you left him, you felt better, no matter how bad a day you were having. Yeah. After having an encounter with Phil Datka, you always walked away feeling better with a smile on your face. He's a treasure. He is. I, I agree. And I don't know why during the break, but as you guys are telling some stories and laughing, I, I just thought, man, he would have just relished being oh, in yeah. here. I, I remember when we did um, a show with his retirement. Yeah. And we go to the first break we go to, he goes, you know, I'm not really retired. I'm, I'm actually going to keep coaching. 
I said, Coach, this is a two-hour retirement. He goes, yeah, I didn't want to tell you. I just want to come in. I thought it'd be fun. So don't tell anybody. So we had guys calling in. I oh, love you, Coach. I'm so sorry you're retired. You should think about not retiring. Oh. And he's rolling his eyes laughing at me because I can't say anything. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to be the head coach anymore, yeah. but I'm going to keep coaching. But I love having a retirement party where I can be around here. <laughs> yeah. And all these people say great things about me. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's something else. So without Friday nights for you, Dan, you know, you you'd probably hang out with us a little bit on Thursdays. You want to not a bad idea. Yeah, come on on the sidelines. Yeah. I can I can always use the the help. Do you um do you go to many Hartford games? You, you haven't had a chance because I, you've got I, I did um after I um stopped coaching at Whitewater, right. I, I was able to for a while until the started doing the Friday night things with Bob Brainerd, uh then I wasn't able to and and they're really good now. I mean, I, what what can we expect September sixth when Slinger travels to Hartford? Hartford is very good. John Redders has that thing cooking right now, and that they're good. And same thing with Jacqueline at Slinger. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a good one. At the sling, he, he, Jacqueline said, I'm, "Tell Hartford I'm not throwing the ball. I got guys three twenty up front. We're just going to run well. the ball. Don't worry about it." <laughs> so, yeah, well, we'll be out there on on the sixth. So I hope to see a coach. Uh, Basham, do you get to Marquette games at all? I saw, I think I only saw one uh, last year, but uh, I usually get to two or three, and uh, if they get in the playoffs, I try to get to one or two. August 16th, head over lefts, have a burger, and then walk across <laughs> street to Hard Park. I, I might be there. Hector, or Hector's whatever you want, but Arrowhead against Marquette, Thursday Night Lights on the 16th. Coach, I see you on the sidelines. You helping out, Coach Rux? I enjoy, I love going to watch West play uh, on Friday nights, and uh, I'm a consultant. He and I are very dear friends. Hey, you know what? I promised I would do this. Tony Rush does a nice job, uh, sponsors yeah. your camps, and, and there's a couple other guys that yeah. uh, that really help you out. I'm happy you're back doing those, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate Tony and uh, College Town, Steve Kittleson, and that group. That's Jeff Tricky, uh, quarterback camps, jefftrickyqbcamps.com. Guys, this has been a blast. I can't thank Thanks. you guys enough. I know that coming in for, for a couple hours on a Saturday morning, um, I just appreciate your time, and uh, it's been a great show. My phone is just absolutely blowing up, so I can't tell any of the stories that people are giving me on any of you guys, especially you smash them. Smash them, pass them. Man, you're not the choir boy you tell. No, I'm kidding. Thanks. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.